0: The ups and downs of being creative. Discussed over cocktails with friends. You're listening to The Shakes.
1: Okay, now everybody talk at once. Uh, 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 Okay, good. Okay, perfect. So, so Pat. Yeah. This is, um, this is kind of an exciting thing. This is a technological breakthrough. 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 Mm -hmm. This is almost kind of like a cold fusion or uh splitting the atom, or just uh, basically getting two Skype calls together at the same time, I think in a decade, I will officially get my head wrapped around all what we're all, doing equally, right now. Uh, all equally complex and, and exciting, but we do we have we have two guests on the line with us Holy two shit. guests two guests together as one they are a they are a, a comic book writing and drawing art arting inking. All of those, what has you kind of? You remember chasing Amy? Like, I do. They're like those, those two, maybe without the the latent, uh, latent gay Lesbian. for each other. Yeah, or maybe go. they are. I don't know. Let's find <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, so yes, we have on the line we have Brian Winkler and Robert Wilson IV, or Robert Wilson IV, depending on how you look at his Twitter IV. account. There you go. So, hi guys, how you doing? Great. Jeff. How are you? Good. Very very good. You got a book coming out.
2: Yeah yeah, it's coming out. Actually, tomorrow in comic shops, and then in another two weeks, it'll get a full wide release. So, yeah, staying yeah. super busy.
0: So what's the what's the wide release mean?
2: Uh, bookstores, online sellers like Amazon, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: And the book is called? What?
2: The book is called Knuckleheads, uh, and the subtitle is Fist Contact. Fist Contact. Nice.
0: And so what's the story?
2: Yeah, why don't you take that one, Brian?
3: Sure. Um, Basically, Knuckleheads is the adventures of uh, a guy named Trevor K. Travinsky, uh, or Trev as his friends call him. And um, he is given a cosmic weapon called the Crystal Fist by aliens, Um, but he was massively hungover when they gave it to him, so he doesn't remember anything. Uh, doesn't know how it works, um, and he is generally laxadaisical by nature. So he essentially uses it to uh, cheat on video games and steal Netflix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for good, he uses yeah. It he's for using good. it for good. All the powers sure. for good.
3: Sure. So so it's essentially it, it's the the first chapter of the hero's journey, I would say, um, where lovable Trev um, has to get his ass off the couch and maybe figure out uh, how to be a hero.
0: All right. And is this, um, so this is not like a graphic novel. This is an honest-to-God ongoing comic book.
3: It's, this is, and you know, it, it's like we, I think we we you know, I call it a graphic novel simply because just sort of in the general public, anything that is a book without staples that has comic book stuff in it is generally sort of a graphic, graphic novel. novel. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is, this, we, um, uh, it's, it was published digitally through monkey brain comics, um, uh, over the last year and a half or so. And this is a collection of the first eight issues. So oh, nice. it's, so it's told in, um, in eight chapters each around, uh, between 10 and, and 14 pages. um, uh and And there are uh i'd say about, about four or five distinct adventures within the uh um uh within the book so so it, we we've always wanted to structure it so that it did read well as uh you know issue by issue for anyone that was buying it digitally and then when put together its a, it's a pretty satisfying um story arc mm-hmm.
1: well, so cool. so t p b is what what this is then right uh, trade wreck sure, yes. yeah, for for Indeed. for those playing along at home. So oh. Ah, yeah, it's a TPB in comics parlance. Yes. yes. So
0: so you guys did it digitally first. What kind of uh, um, how did you got get the word out? How much popularity was behind it? And then did somebody come to you about actually publishing it physically, or did you guys just do that? I mean, if you hit a certain number, does it make sense to do that? All that stuff.
2: Well, as far as popularity goes, it's kind of hard to gauge, especially right now with the digital comics market, Um, you know, like with the regular direct market where they have like floppy, you know, stapled comic book issues, those numbers are pretty transparent and generally somewhere in the order of like five times the digital, five, five to eight times digital sales. Um, wow. so as far as among digital first comics or, uh, digital only comics, I'd say that we were, uh, pretty, pretty popular. Um, and then among just the monkey brain books, which are, uh, which is a pretty curated group, um, we were kind of, um, a mid, mid tier book, I guess.
4: Okay. Okay.
2: Well, one of, uh, one of my favorite, uh,
3: quotes was, uh, a, um, a website, I want to say, uh, uh, out of the UK, uh, had their uh, top ten Monkey Brain titles, and we were number eleven. Ah, so, very, oh, very, <laughs> so we've, I've, I've, I've clung on. It's, it's a running joke with us that we are <laughs> the, their eleventh favorite Monkey Brain title. Awesome, awesome.
1: So, what are some of the other titles on Monkey Brain? I'm trying to think. I don't know that I've that I've ever seen any other titles. That the I've ever
3: come the first, we were in the second wave, I would say, of Monkey Brain books. They launched, I want to say, with, with maybe five or six books. And some of their big ones, the, the flagship ones, uh, our buddies uh, Adam and DJ do a book called Amelia Cole. Um, that, uh, it's in, it's in, they're in their third volume now. Uh, and it's sort of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Harry Potter kind of thing. It's very cool. It's really okay. well done. Uh, Bandette. Uh, I think that, that one, the Eisner,
2: Robert? Yeah, that one, the Eisner
3: which wow. is the Oscar of, of comics. Um, and that's by, uh, uh, Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover, a uh, married, uh, writer artist couple. Um, and it's, uh, it's about this, it's a really sort of almost storybook, uh, French storybook illustrated sort of whimsical, um, uh, lady bandit, um, adventures. Uh, and then Chris Robertson, who's the, um, uh, he and his wife, Allison. monkey brain they're they're the the publishers there who invited us to bring knuckleheads there he writes a book called edison rex that's uh, about basically if if lex luthor convinced superman to kill himself and then sort of became uh became a hero in his place sort of thing huh which is a a really really well done sort of twist on uh, on the on traditional superhero uh staples
0: yeah, Love the what if scenarios.
2: Yeah, I think the monkey brain book that it <clears throat> people should be really looking looking at though is High Crimes. High Crimes by Christopher Sibella and Ibrahim Mustafa. It's a. Uh, it's hard to describe an elevator pitch, but it's basically like, um, uh, oh man, why am I blanking out on the name of the mountain Everest? It's like Everest guides. Um, Finding the bodies of dead climbers and then blackmailing their families to get the bodies back. Um, Oh wow! Yeah, so it's a pretty interesting. Yeah, really cool, like crime drama, and I can't imagine. That will go another year or two without somebody making it into a TV show or something. It's so good. Wow, that's
1: that's a really really interesting premise. I was I was weirdly enough I was looking at uh, pictures of like the Everest dead bodies last week. Strangely enough, as you do, as you do. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it was like, man, hey. There's got to be some dead people up there, so yeah, hundreds. Yeah, you know, oh hundreds. yeah. I mean, they use them as landmarks to figure out how close you are to the top. There's like green uh, boots, and yep. like, you know, they have names. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Holy yeah. Man. Oh yeah. It's 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 very gruesome, but it's fascinating. It's just huh. fascinating. That's wild. Yeah. That's very so specific. that's 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 very that's very interesting. So yeah.
0: so what so what came first? So you guys they um knuckleheads existed and then monkey brains came to you or they came to you and they said hey we want you to do something i mean how how did this all come to be
3: well the uh sort of the, the reader's digest version of the story is uh robert and i met about five and a half years ago and um uh just really connected uh uh my the owner of our local comic shop in oklahoma city where robert was living at the time he's down in dallas now um uh, was really, gave me Robert's number. He said, you got to call this guy. You got to talk to this guy. He's a great artist. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay. Um, and called him. And, uh, as we're talking, i look on Robert's, uh, blog and I was like, oh my God, he's really good. We have to meet. We, we got to have lunch. And, uh, and so we, we met, uh, and just kind of said, hey, let's do something. Let's, let's, let's play around with some ideas. And Knucklehead's came pretty quickly it's really just kind of manifested itself and as wanting to do something that was going to be funny you know that comedic is my style robert uh you know can do really great comedy he had been doing some more uh down tempo type stuff um you can sort of you you can kind of hear the Radiohead, you know in his pages yeah. <laughs> that's funny um but then we, we met, and, and Robert's just such this great storyteller, and he was just killing me with these stories. And, and so I, I, you know, I thought we would really click. And so um, we developed Knuckleheads. We did uh, an eight page short, essentially, the first chapter of, of what would be our, our original issue. Uh, and I took it to Comic Con five years ago. Uh, showed it around, got some really good feedback, and some people, some, some pros said, hey, you should really finish up the story and, and you know, create a, a full issue to pitch. We did a full issue, we self-published it in 2010, um, took it around uh, uh, to conventions, did local signings, um, you know, didn't find a publisher for it, but were able to... Uh, really sort of get, get on the radar of, of a lot of people, a lot of other pros. And so two years ago when I was at Comic-Con, Chris and Allison, who I'd mentioned earlier, they had just launched Monkey Brain. And so it had been a couple of years since we had published the first Knuckleheads. Um, and uh, uh, they invited us to, to bring it to Monkey Brain. And so that's basically what got us there. They were familiar. They are friends of ours. They liked the work. Uh, and they trusted that we'd be able to do something cool. And so we got it together. We uh the first issue came out in April twenty thirteen. Um and then last year at Comic Con uh I met with some of the uh editors at IDW who have a relationship with uh Monkey Brain and have put out a, a few Monkey Brain collections. Uh along with they also uh they do a lot of original work and then they have some licensed books like uh Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe, Transformers, My Little mm-hmm. Pony, you know, that kind of stuff. And so um uh so basically, it was almost sort of like if you're good enough, you know the M- monkey brain publishing us w- had vetted us in their eyes, so they basically said hey do you want uh you want to put out a book so cool.
4: um
3: so that the the actual sort of mechanics of getting on digital with monkey brain and then getting the print collection with i d w were Not as difficult as we thought they might be, but it was still, it's still been basically a five and a half year process from the original concepts to now for us to actually have a, uh, this weighty tome in our hands.
1: Yeah. Wow. So that was, uh, you, you did answer, you know, a question that was on my mind is that, you know, Brian is in Oklahoma City and. Robert is in Dallas. I was like, well, okay. So how did how did that collaboration happen? But okay, now that that makes that makes more sense now. So that's good.
3: Yeah. the The original book. I I, I want to say that the original book was all done while while Robert was in town, and then yeah, yeah, and then then uh, uh, in between self publishing and the uh, the digital book, uh, Robert had uh, 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 and his family moved down to Dallas, and so it's it's a little bit more. We don't see each other as much as as we used to or as we want to, but luckily we'll be seeing more of each other as we, uh, as we're out there, um, pimping, uh, pimping the collection.
1: Yeah. You guys are probably getting ready to plan some sort of a junket. I would imagine. Right. So yeah, something, something to kind of go out there and, and do this. Stop one is right here.
0: Yeah. I was going (laughs) to say, I mean, uh, check that box, Uh, the, the reach Uh, that we get on this. I mean, you've probably already, you've probably sold like, Probably two or three copies, already job yeah. done.
1: Dink, dink. Done.
0: Yep. Um. And so, Brian, when last I saw you, you were you kind of had your own thing. You were freelancing, right? Yes. And are you still doing that, or is this a full time gig? Or
3: Oh no, I. Yeah, this is a. Uh, um. Comic books are a delightful uh, distraction. Side yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I hope, I hope to do more, you yeah, know, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what fate entails, but yeah, I've actually, uh, back in January moved into an office. I've, I've, uh, robot house creative is the name of my
0: right. brand right.
3: agency and, and we, uh, we actually have an office in a really great, uh, place in, uh, downtown Oklahoma city, uh, that's essentially, Within the creative corridor of towns, so there are quite a few design and uh, and ad uh, uh, agencies within walking distance. So, um,
1: so you kind so, of so midtown,
3: uh, automobile alley. Oh, so, oh, yeah, um, so very, the,
1: very trendy, very hip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. so
3: sort of, so sort of, sort of bridging uh, downtown and midtown, mm. um, and uh, so yeah, so that's been my nine to five and it's been, it's been really great. It's, you know, we've, we've, uh, grown and, and have been doing some really cool stuff. And so, so my, you know, my day job is, is full of, of cool, fun, creative stuff. And, uh, and then the comic stuff has always been sort of the, the overspill. And so, so it's been, uh, it's been both sort of feed into each other in terms of kind of, you know, uh, my, the, you know, my, my creative beast that, that needs to
2: be sated, I guess.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Very cool, and Robert, what do you do for your day job?
2: Well, I am a full time illustrator okay i do um I don't know I guess anymore it's probably a little more than half of my time goes into comics uh and then I also do a lot of work in music, like I do a lot of gig posters, concert posters some t shirts um yeah, just random, random stuff like that. And then, uh, I'd say I, I used to be, I used to do like half very, you know, run the mill freelance illustration, but I, but I've pretty much shifted over to just doing the fun stuff like comics and, and music type stuff.
0: So I saw this, you know, speaking of kind of pop culture and I mean, what is pop culture if you can't get really obscure with it? So um <laughs> I don't know, Pat. I saw a movie this weekend called Snowpiercer. Yeah.
2: I saw a
1: poster for that. Yeah.
0: Have you guys have you have I don't you know
2: anything about it.
0: Robert or Brian, have you guys seen it?
2: I haven't seen it. I'd really like to. It's based off of a French comic, Man, Yeah, like long
0: it. time like thirty years ago or something.
2: Yeah, and yeah, yeah.
0: Directed by, and I, I not, I'm going to butcher his name, but he did. He's a Korean director who did mm-hmm. The Host, and yep. if you haven't mm-hmm. seen that, and not the teeny bullshit, but that it's it's an awesome, awesome kind of Godzilla type monster movie. But mm-hmm. Snowpiercer is, um, I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. Visually, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, the thing that's so interesting about it is. It is created very much like a video game in that there is, you know, the world's gone to hell and everybody's on this train that travels around the world constantly. And when you hit a certain spot, it's been exactly a year. He had the the train, I think it was Mr. Wilbur who, um, or Wilshire or something, um, he had designed it so it traveled the. And so then, you know, the really poor live in the back of the train and the really rich live in the front of the train. And the way that the poor are being treated is that they want to get to the front of the train. (laughs) And so, and it's an adventure kind of car by car and every car has a different kind of, you know, and I was like, God, it's, it's brilliant. I said, it's like a video game. They're leveling up every Mm -hmm. time they get into (laughs) another, um, Hmm. car. And it's, it's, yeah, it was just, it was, it was really, really interesting. And, um, you know, kind of how they pulled it off and stuff, but it's Chris, Chris Evans. Yeah. Is that right? Chris Evans. Yeah. He Captain played America? Captain, yeah, America. Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the guy who's in, it's um, like not the Chris Evans. We know No, the guy who's in <laughs> turn, the kid who's in turn and like Tilda Swinton, of <laughs> course, delivers a totally bizarre yeah somewhat strangely sexual the poster that i saw <laughs>
1: was was a was just this huge shot of her and she looks so
0: weird yeah she does yeah she <laughs> so does. so
1: weird yeah
0: um but uh no it was it was really really interesting interesting uh hmm. i just read that uh alamo is going to be um showing the 35 millimeter of the thing here i was like oh i gotta catch that yeah I yeah
2: uh, i saw that I did a poster for the Texas theaters showing of the uh, one of the original 1982 35 millimeter reels for the thing. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was super cool. Unfortunately, licensing stuff is way complicated with that, and so they only let us print like 50 copies. So of course, those all sold out like immediately, Mm -hmm. and. I didn't have any to sell on my website or anything. Do you think was,
0: Mondo, do you think Mondo works that same way? Cause I, they do such limited quantities when they do.
2: They um, do, but they, they, um, they purchase licensing agreements in addition to the stuff that goes along with actually licensing the film. Okay. Um, so they can do more. I mean, they've, they've done runs up into, I think the biggest run they did was the, uh, Man of Steel timed release. And that they did something like 5,000 for that.
0: Okay. Because, yeah, whenever I'm trying to snag something, it's always like, I mean, I was so pissed because last time, and I can't remember what the poster was, but it was kick-ass. And I, you know, got
1: the tweet. Not the movie, but it was the yeah. adjective kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, yeah. <laughs> and, Clarifying. Yeah. And, um, you know, clicked on it, loaded it up. By the time that I got... I mean, the damn thing was in my cart, and by the time that I got all my information loaded up and stuff, it had said that they had sold out, so that was a matter of wow. like two minutes yeah and they, I
2: don't,
0: yeah i don 't know if it was like fifty or hundred, but it was a very low quantity
2: they generally do in between two hundred and five six hundred just okay that's on that the sounds movie right. yeah, but still like they'll they 'll blow through five hundred of a popular movie with a popular artist in less than a minute, yeah. So yeah, it it is crazy. Although you can occasionally, if you like movies that aren't super popular, you can get some rad posters on eBay for you know not much more than the yeah. original price. Yeah. Like I got the Tyler Stout Drive poster. Oh yeah, which I love. Nicholas Finding Ruffin, um, for I think it was like sixty or eighty bucks, and it retailed for fifty. So it's not too oh, bad. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Are you familiar with the Spoke Art Gallery in San Francisco? Huh. They do the Wes Anderson show, uh, Bad Dads, every year.
0: What? Hmm.
2: Yeah, and I'm gonna be in that show this year. That's in like, November, I think. So I'm doing a Rushmore deal for that.
0: And what? Yeah. What are you? What are you doing?
2: Oh man, I can't even. I can't talk can't. about it yet. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: but they do. They do like uh, posters and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically this very similar to gallery 1988 okay spoke but, uh, art yeah spoke art i think it's Shit. spelled out one word yeah That's and like awesome. wes anderson he's been to a few of the shows and um uh what else and they're also doing a stanley kubrick themed oh, show Jesus. oh 19- my god and I am I'm doing a two thousand one a space Odyssey piece for oh, that. Oh,
0: that's kick ass.
2: That I've I got mean, to finish before Comic Con. How
0: how <laughs> brilliant I mean, seriously, how brilliant is you know, the crazy for cult where it's like and in it sounds like even what spoke it's like Get together a group of artists and go. Hey, here's a theme and here's a bunch of movies and do whatever. Well, and then
1: like themes like or you know gallery exhibitions like I am eight bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, and
0: and and you know, and the thing that I love is it's all pretty reasonable. I mean, I've got and I can't think of the artist's name, but I've got like this uh, Pee Wee's uh, uh, Big Adventure, Adventure. like and and the poster is a game board. Oh, wow. And yeah, oh, that's it's, awesome. it's it's Dave Pirelli is the, is the artist. Um, and, uh, yeah, just some really kick ass. Like I've got, I've got a J- I've got a Jaws poster by the same artist and, and, um, yeah, it's all really reasonable. I mean, I went in and I ended up walking out with like four or five pieces that were, um, just, you know, for, for a couple hundred bucks. And I just, I thought it was kick ass stuff. Yeah. So
1: that's awesome
0: that's very yeah. cool. yeah I, I texted my friend um, this past weekend um, I my son and I sat down and because I hadn't watched I hadn't watched um, Life Aquatic for several years and I, I finally got it on blu-ray on, on criterion and <clears throat> I had my 16 year old sit down and watch it and I texted my friend I'm like I make no apologies uh, Life Aquatic is a beautiful film, and it really is. And oh, it's, it's
1: it's my favorite Wes Anderson film. I think really? I think for me it's yeah.
0: Royal Tenenbaums, Bombs, it's Fox, and then it's mm-hmm. Life Aquatic, and then Rushmore yeah. would be my fourth. With I, I couldn't even believe that I would ever say Rushmore might be my fourth, but
1: sure. well, I, yeah, I know that's kind of a that's kind of a tough thing. I told you about the like the last time we watched fantastic mr fox and it, my my son nathan he's six and and he he loves that movie and we yeah. watched it and he's like oh man this is just such a good movie and i was like well i can't wait until you're old enough that you can watch the rest of the movies that this guy does because oh yeah you'll just you'll be blown away yeah yeah so but
0: i i mean grand budapest are like eh, it's it's wes anderson's best film i'm like no it's not
1: it's not sorry it's yeah.
0: i mean it's i meant uh, to
1: watch that last week and i didn't
2: it's I still just, haven't
0: seen it. it. It's t- it's it, he makes it tough to yeah. watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean, again, it's beautiful and stuff, but I was just like, meh. meh. I okay.
3: I I see I, I just a quick tangent. I I miss Owen Wilson. I miss I miss Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson working
4: yep. together.
3: Because yep. I feel like uh for me, the first 3 Rushmore specifically. I mean, we actually used a quote from Rushmore on our wedding invitation is how much I loved Rushmore. Uh Oh yeah. And it's it, it it's felt like for me just, just diminishing returns and that it's art direction has replaced character in a lot of ways. He,
0: he's, he's become uh, soulless. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, Fox was, I mean, I, 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 found it so amazing that I could be watching the stop motion and, and it could have so much emotion and feeling in it. And I feel like that's his last, you know, I thought Moonrise Kingdom and, and, um, grand budapest i just felt like they just didn't really have a heart and and it's interesting that um he wrote uh uh life
1: aquatic with uh
0: no bernbach who mm-hmm. i've always struggled to like his stuff but um you know even that's got some feeling in it but you yeah were, you, no well yeah i i <clears throat> are you trying to bring us back jeremy well i was
1: i was but um yeah i mean moonrise kingdom that was uh Gorgeous movie it was but, yeah. yeah I mean it, always eh, you know but I mean that, that it really I mean the beauty of that one was really on the surface yeah so yeah. that's have, true
2: I've got kind of a theory about artists and um, how the first half of your career is usually about sharpening a craft, and um, the second half most artists tend to go into some form of abstraction and I feel like we've kind of seen Wes Anderson tip over that point where he's really moving into this like (laughs) abstract period in his work almost like like Picasso moving into cubism he's doing something that is um just different from the like the classical um I guess um like structures and and goals for film
1: kind of kind of moving well it's it's almost like moving beyond storytelling and and like deconstructing aesthetic or something yeah yeah it's i mean
0: i i think that's a really interesting that's a very interesting and when when you say that i i honestly think of pixar more i think about where pixar started and then where they started to go and then i think they got chicken shit and backed away um the incredibles kind of started them all and when they hit wall-e And you think about the first half of that movie and I like, I watched it and I was like, man, this is like watching, um, uh, uh, Fantasia. I said, this is just, this feels experimental. Mm-hmm. And it feels like storytelling in the animation that I've like never I haven't seen for a long time. And kudos to them that I felt like they were, and they even kind of did it a little bit in Up. I mean, Up fell apart so much, but I don't feel like, and and even Ratatouille, you know, Brad Bird just the way he does stuff is is so. Um, I mean, even though he works in animation, he just shoots it on such a cinematic scale that that it felt like you were watching a movie Mm -hmm. with animated characters and stuff. But I don't know with Wes Anderson, it just feels like such a simple thing. Like he's just kind of lost the emotional part of it. I mean, he's still, he's still telling the same story, but, but you, you, you find it, he's making, he's isolating the characters more and they're becoming kind of without, it's like, it's hard to connect with them. And as strange as, and as crazy as Gene Hackman was and Ben Stiller and stuff, you still, you know, you can't help but at the end of Royal Tenenbaums, you know, when Ben Stiller's like, it's been a really hard year, Dad. You know, it's like you can't help but like, oh, my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get mm-hmm. it, you
3: know. Yeah. But. And 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 honestly, I, I would say that that, that kind of, um, uh, I would say, direction is similar to... I think what we're doing with Knuckleheads because it really it's it's a, <laughs> bringing us
0: back, bring bringing back. us yeah, back. Thank you. Look at that. <laughs>
3: it's, 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 it's about the characters. It's honestly when you know we kind of we came up with the the concept and then sort of playing around with the characters, and that's really the the heart of everything that we do uh, was creating people. They're honestly, though, I, 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 it sounds really kind of cheesy and pretentious, maybe. But I, 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 when, as we were still working on the, you know, these issues, I told somebody that whenever uh, Robert would send an email with new pages, um, a, it's like Christmas morning. It's like, ooh, opening a yeah. present, um, but it's sort of like seeing new pictures of old friends. Yeah. Because we honestly, that's that's how that's how uh, I approach the characters, and I mean these these are characters we've we've created, you know, um, and we've, you know, we've got backstories, we've got details about about these people that will, may never show up on the page, but they inform what they do, you know, and um and and so they really kind of help us tell the story because they they sort of. You know, tell us what they what they want to do and what they're going to say and and how they're going to approach things. And so, um, so for me, that's the heart of the things that that I love watching and the stuff that inspires me most as a writer um, is is stuff that really has just great characters who make you laugh, but you also root for, but also have you know, hopefully, a soul and a beating heart. and yeah. and, and that's the in, in what we're doing is this kind of, you know, little, you know, kind of quirky esoteric, uh, um, you know, uh, superhero sitcom kind of thing. Um, that's really what we're hoping people will take away from it is that, you know, these are, these are fun people that we like to, you know, get, getting to know.
0: That's aw- that's awesome. I mean, I, I, and, and that is, it's, it's, I mean, that's so true. I love that where it's like, these characters kind of tell you where you're going to go. And that is such a, I mean, I am I wrote a short story for a photography book and my favorite part was this idea of, I've got a story, I'm starting to write it and I don't know where it's going to go, but I know it's going to go somewhere and I'm going to let the story kind of take me there. And I'm just going to kind of go with it and and it's like that's such an awesome awesome feeling Mm -hmm. it just
1: it really is yeah that's very cool that's very cool the question it it has to be asked yeah what uh you know what what uh what other comics are do you guys do you guys like right now what's what's or even in the past yeah yeah i mean what what are your favorites what what do you like give me give us give us kind of like the rob gordon top five for each of you there you go
2: you want to go first brian Oh, god! So
3: we're talking right now or all time? It, you can, whatever, whatever, whatever.
1: Yeah. Your top, your, your Rob Gordon, top five desert Island comics. <laughs> okay. Who's, who's Rob Gordon? What? From, from high fidelity. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. John Sorry, Cusack, so. no, high hey, fidelity. All right. Okay. All right.
0: Wait, yeah. Right. Who, wait, who's what? Rob Gordon? Okay. I'm hanging up. Before I answer <laughs> that, who's Rob Gordon?
3: I, 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 dug the movie gross point blank is the one that's always. Hell there, yeah. Of course. For, for Cusack. So, um, Apologies, apologies. That's but, fine, you know, that's fine. I would say, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and go kind of kind of all time, and I'm just sort of pulling Good. this out of my ass. Um, but the stuff that inspires me, my number one is probably Why I Hate Saturn by Kyle Baker. Um, came out in, I want to say, 88, 89. Um, uh, Kyle Baker, uh, I think he I, he was like 21 when he did it. And it's told, it's in comic form, but it's all... There are no word balloons. It's 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 almost sort of like storyboards with dialogue underneath, and huh. hmm. it's it's a very sort of Janine Garofalo character before five years before anybody knew who Janine Garofalo was.
0: Oh, that's uh, cool. Sort
3: of this uh, acerbic New Yorker um, and her uh, um, uh, best friend and her sister who's kind of nuts, and uh, and they even uh, go on, they, they wind up in like a convertible being chased cross country and sort of a thumb and Louise thing again, like through two, two or three years before Thelma and Louise came out. Um, but it's just, it's really funny. Uh, it's, it's really unexpected. And Kyle Baker is one of the, the premier, um, uh, humor writer, illustrators in comics. And, and so he's been a, a huge influence. Um, uh, we get a lot of, uh, a couple of references to knuckleheads. Uh, people have mentioned um, Justice League, the 1986 Justice League, which was kind of a uh, a lighthearted comedic take on the Justice League. That that Batman was maybe the only heavy hitter in the on the team. At, like Captain Marvel, Blue Beetle, and Booster Gold were sort of the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the uh, you know of, of the group, and and uh, and it was really. Uh, it was just really lighthearted, the, the, the writing. Again, it was, it was all sort of about creating sort of, you know, quirky characters and really approaching these, these characters as as, um, as just kind of funny, like Martian Manhunter we discover is like addicted to Oreos, you know? So, you know, occasionally like, Oh, you know, got a, got a bag of Oreos that he's chomping down on, you know, and just, and just little, little stuff like that. It's, you know, that's so much more interesting for me than most of than it, probably any issue of justice league from the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. It's all just sort of like mayhem and madness and, and dark gritty whatnot. Um,
1: that feels kind of like what, um, superhero squad does with the Avengers now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of just really just goofy and, yeah, and, you know, Hulk's a lovable creature. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. I'll have to go check that out.
3: Um, let's see. I, I keep going back to the, uh, uh, to the eighties. There was a book called Zot. Uh, from scott mcleod who later did understanding comics um and it was a uh the first 10 issues were in color and then he went to black and white um and it was about this this sort of teenage superhero from an alternate universe who zaps into reality uh and has this sort of chased romance with a you know 16 year old earth girl named jenny and um uh, and who his, her brother who's, who's kind of this doofus gets turned into a monkey but he's a talking monkey and uh, and there's this the this villain's named Deco and he, he's got a head like the i don't know if it's like the Chrysler building or something like one of those art like art deco <laughs> yeah. you know and he, he basically sees the world in as sort of like these art deco swirls and and i was reading this when i was like a freshman in college you know, taking art history classes. now it was just like, Oh my God, you know? So, um, but again, it was something where it was this very, just beating heart, you know, in, in these characters and these adventures. And, and one, one of the characters, like her best friend, I think comes out as lesbian. And this is, you know, this is like 19. Yeah uh, 1989, 1990, you know? So, um, uh, so it was really groundbreaking at the time. And, and now he as more academic. Scott McCloud is, is more, much more kind of a comics academic. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this is, this is sort of like his, his big, uh, his big one. Um, and I would say, uh, right now, uh, a couple of my favorite books, uh, I love Hawkeye. Uh, Matt Fraction's yeah, Hawkeye. the
1: Matt Fraction Hawkeye yeah. Yeah, and yeah. in
3: fact, I'll, I'll I'll give Matt Fraction double uh, uh, plug here because uh, his Hawkeye is great because he's sort of like he's the Avenger without superpowers and he hangs out in this you know apartment building in New York with a dog mm-hmm. and um, deals with the Russian mob and it's all very earthbound you know it, it's it's he's very fallible um, and then sex criminals. Uh, which is I think issue five or six just came out, and that's a completely outrageous book about um, this this guy and girl who discover that uh, time stops when they have an orgasm.
1: <laughs> interesting uh,
3: and they they meet each other and discover that they both have this ability, and so they uh, use it to uh, to start robbing banks. Sweet. Uh, cool. Like go ha, ha, go have, have sex in the closet, and then then when you when you hit that point, everybody freezes, and then you go Rob Rob Bank to to save the library that she works at. So it, it's it's sensibly, you know they're still good people. You
1: yeah, know. yeah. There's uh, some altruism it, to the sex crime.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> it's really weird. It's, there's there's one sequence in issue maybe number three or four that is scored to um to a Queen song. But they didn't get the rights to it by the time the book came out. So instead of the the lyrics that would normally be in this comic book scene, there it's all a letter to the readers from the writer, Matt Fraction, about trying to obtain the rights to the Queen song.
4: <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. it's, fat,
2: it's Fat Bottom Girls. Fat Bottom Girls, yeah. Fat yeah. Bottom girls. The That's best awesome. part is that cons, anytime you go to a con that Matt Fraction is at now, there will be dark headed girls cosplaying as the girl from Sex Criminals, dressed as Freddie Mercury. Nice. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: That's cool.
2: It's 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 like
3: it's honestly groundbreaking comics. It's like they are doing things that I've never seen done, uh, and it's it's just inspiring to me. All
1: it's right, I got to so, I got to check that out too. That's interesting. That's really interesting. All right, Robert, you what do you what do you got? What do you? Got?
2: All right, I. Uh, I did a list of the current stuff and my all-time favorites, so I'll go through them real quick. Okay. Um, Velvet is probably my favorite book coming out right now. It's by uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean, blanking out on his last name. Uh, No, Steve Epting. So Velvet's basically like, what if um, James Bond got killed and it turns out that Miss Moneypenny was an equally badass spy who got retired early and got framed for his murder
0: oh, uh, wow
2: it is awesome it is so good like there's there's not necessarily like that that high con i guess it has that a high concept but <clears throat> the hook alone does not express how amazing this book is in craft and storytelling uh like Steve Epting did probably the most important run of Captain America with Ed Brubaker of the last, like, 30 years. And um, he, he has topped himself big time. Like, it's a gorgeous book, incredible storytelling, just awesome. Uh, then Sheltered, which is a book from Image. In fact, I think every single one of my current books are from Image. Sheltered uh, is about a prepper community uh, out in the uh, out in the woods of something like Wyoming and the parents in this prepper community keep talking about how you know there's going to be an earthquake and how Yellowstone's going to erupt and that's going to throw the entire you know nation basically into anarchy and so they need to prep for the apocalypse and they're they're burying their trailers and it's it's just super like ultra paranoid type thing. And the kids decide at the end of the first issue that they have to kill their parents because they only have enough food for the kids to survive for as long as they've planned. Um And so they do it. They kill all the adults. And so it's basically this wow. like Lord of the Flies yeah. type thing. Huh. But <clears throat> But amongst these like, you know, I would say anywhere from like six year olds up through teens uh, who were raised by these super paranoid you know parents who are afraid of the government and afraid of the apocalypse and stuff like that really fantastic book mm. uh, profit by Brandon Graham and a ton of other people it's insane European science fiction type stuff um yeah, there's no way I can even explain it. It is, it's crazy in the best way. All right. Uh, and then sex criminals, the sex which Ryan already right. talked
1: oh, about. Oh well, see if they show up on both lists, and that's, that's yeah, yeah. yeah that's Sex be...
2: criminals is kind of a, a really nice broad comedy. So it's like pretty much everyone's going to find something to like, unless you have a problem with the premise of sex people criminals. having sex.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: And then my all-time favorite stuff, uh, THB by Paul Pope. Um, it's kind of a science fiction uh, comic based on Mars, and it's uh, kind of a frontier type thing. So, yeah, it's difficult to describe. Uh, Casanova, which is another Matt Fraction comic, um, which is kind of a James Bond analog type of thing but just incredibly creative uh and then I've got some international stuff I've got Pluto by Naoki Urasawa I think Naoki Urasawa is the best Japanese comic creator uh I you know I think Naoki Urasawa is the greatest living cartoonist I would say that Mm. Naoki Urasawa uh is one of the most read cartoonists in the world, but is not super popular in the United States. Uh, but Pluto is a retelling of an Astro Boy story.
4: Huh. Oh, okay.
2: But he basically takes a 20-page story and turns it into about a 1,600-page story. Whoa, nice. And it nice. is is—it is like the most emotionally affecting comic I think I've ever read. I, I was literally brought to tears two or three times. Wow it's amazing and then last on my list is the ink owl by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky and Mobius. Uh, it's like the 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 european it's a basically the science fiction comic that inspired <clears throat> fifth element blade runner big chunks of alien um uh big chunks of david lynch's dune uh more or less like almost all the science fiction comics that came after it it's the most important science fiction comic ever. And
0: wow. what what was that again?
2: The Incal, I N C A L is drawn by Mobius um who is I think the the greatest cartoonist ever. Huh. Hmm. And like when he when he died a few years ago um like they literally had his face on the cover of every newspaper in France. Like, oh wow, he, he's he is a giant in the way that no cartoonist will ever be a giant wow. in in you know in the United States in That's the Americas. Cool. He's he's Stan Lee times ten, but with just like uncomprehendable talent. He's hmm. he was. Yeah, he was he was the god of comics, in my opinion. Wow,
1: very cool. Good lists, very very good lists. Well, we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, so so the book Knuckleheads, yep, it's available tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. But I mean, you know, this yeah, is their so, this is their kind of yeah. coming out, right? Right. So so, right so the here. junket starts here, uh, but but it also so it's available digitally and in print. So TPB paperback and so uh yeah i think that uh everybody should check that out especially you know to see how you can use the crystal fist to steal netflix yeah, yeah.
2: if you want to see more knucklehead stuff before like committing to anything you can go to our facebook group uh, it's just facebook.com slash knuckleheads comic and we've got you know little previews and all kinds of junk on there
1: perfect awesome perfect. very good well brian winkler and robert wilson the fourth thank you guys very much for uh, not only being on the show but also stretching the technical boundaries of what we have today. what we did yeah. tonight is groundbreaking. yeah yeah groundbreaking stuff Amazing. so thank you guys very much for coming yeah, on the show. our pleasure thank you yeah and, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you guys and see how everything's going in the near future okay sounds, sounds great cool
2: thanks right.
0: guys good luck with everything
2: mm-hmm. thanks thanks